Hello, my rebels. In today's podcast, I talk about four lies that the government of Alberta has told in a row to try and make the pandemic seem worse than, than I think it is. They've been caught several times fibbing, fake mannequins in ICU wards, fake counting. And why are they lying about it? I have my theories. That's in today's podcast. I want to invite you to get the video form of this podcast. You'll see those mannequins I'm talking about. It's sort of crazy. Um, and then there's a new wrinkle as soon as, as recently as last night I want to tell you about. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe, and for eight bucks a month, you'll get the video version of my show, Sheila Gunn Reed's show, David Menzies' show, Andrew Chapito's show, and the satisfaction of helping Rebel News stay independent. We don't take any money from the government. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, four lies the Alberta government told in a month. It's October 18th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. It's election night in Alberta for city councils, for a Senate election, and for an equalization referendum, the last two of which are not binding. They're more plebiscites, as the technical term is, an impressive opinion poll, both of which will surely be ignored by Ottawa. The bigger questions in the province are being handled by the provincial government, not even by Ottawa. And I continue to marvel that Jason Kenney, an old friend of mine, by the way, Kenny, who was called the most conservative voice in cabinet under Stephen Harper, that he is now leading one of the most repressive provincial governments in Canada in regards to the lockdown. I really can't believe that. For the six first six months of the lockdown, he had the lightest touch in the country, but now he has flip-flopped the other way. It's him who's jailing pastors, although that has now spread to New Brunswick. Kenny held out for so long as the Ron DeSantis of Canada, and then like a slingshot, he snapped back from the best to the worst, harder than anyone. It is actually shocking. And I think he knows that. And I think he knows that must be confusing for Albertans who are generally freedom-loving people and thought, that, thought that's who they were voting for. Albertans who are smart enough to know that by now, the virus primarily targets people who are very old, average age 80, people who are typically very fat, very sick. If you're a very overweight 85-year-old who has had a heart attack and kidney failure and a stroke, you're at risk for sure. But seriously, that's a serious, that's a typical victim. I mean, three underlying serious conditions. People know that. The Alberta government publishes that. And we know that that means that kids really aren't at that much risk. Maybe we didn't know that back in March of 2020, which is why this flip-flop by Kenny to go from the freest to the harshest makes no sense. It's the hardest to take because we know more now. And the biggest flip flop of all is on the vaccine passports. Here's Kenny a few months ago saying, no, no, never. What's your position on vaccine passports for those individuals unwilling to be vaccinated? Opposed. And we've been very clear from the beginning that we will not facilitate or accept vaccine passports. And that, in fact, we regard, I, I believe that they would, in principle, contravene the uh, 
Health Information Act and also possibly the Freedom of Information and Protection of Privacy Act, we also amended the Public Health Act to remove the 110-year-old power allowing Alberta to force people to be inoculated. So these folks who are concerned about mandatory vaccines have nothing to be concerned about and there will be no vaccine passports in Alberta. And will the provincial government act on behalf of Alberta citizens if the federal government seeks to impose such restrictions? Yes. Yeah, we heard all that. We heard him say that. So how does he justify it now? Well, he can't really. The stats just don't show that there's a crisis. I'm sorry they don't. Um, so they need hype. They need drama. So they have a big show of Justin Trudeau having to send nurses to help out Alberta. I think they sent seven nurses. There are nearly 36,000 nurses in Alberta. So all those seven nurses will do really is allow Justin Trudeau to be even more smug about how he's doing Alberta a favor. And it will let Jason Kenney pretend that there's a crisis going on that's so bad we need seven federal nurses or something. So much of a crisis that Kenney was literally closing ICU hospital beds all summer. There are about as many ICU hospital beds, intensive care beds in the province today as there were two years ago. It doesn't sound like a big crisis, at least not from their point of view. Anyways. That's why the drama is needed, to keep people panicked, to justify the civil liberties violations, and that my video today, uh, that's my video today, Four Lies Told by Alberta's Health Deep State to keep the panic going. And I've just told you my explanation for why. It's so that Alberta can excuse and justify their shocking and unjustifiable decision to lock down hard, bring in forced vaccinations, break every promise they ever made. They need the drama. So here's the first lie. I was startled by this. Alberta's health bureaucrat, Dina Hinshaw, announced that she would start counting people who stayed home sick from school, count them as COVID cases, even if she had no information about them. So if you stayed home because you had a cold or because you twisted your ankle or you had any reason at all, let's say you're playing hooky but you didn't give an official reason, she would count you as a COVID case. I'm serious. I know that sounds crazy and unprofessional and unscientific, maybe even unethical, but she said it, listen with your own ears. If individuals choose to not get tested for COVID but are home with an illness, um, they're now counted in the list as uh, being part of that outbreak. And so it's less dependent on needing a test to be a part of identifying where there is an issue. Yeah, Dina, you weren't supposed to say that part out loud. And when people like me reported that crazy news, uh, the Alberta government called us fake news. Yeah, no, sorry, sister, you said it. We all heard it. So that was weird, but it showed that they had a policy of deception and they had a policy of cover-up. Sorry, is there a better word than deception and cover-up? Well, look at this. There's a story that Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster did with Kenny's state health department, so two branches of government working together against the people. Looks like a crowded ICU room, doesn't it? Well, a keen-eyed viewer spotted it. That's actually a mannequin. That's literally a, a dummy, like what you find, you know, a plastic dummy for putting clothes on in a clothing store. It's fake. It was a hoax. The CBC actually half apologized for it, but I haven't seen any apology from the Alberta government that set it up. Again, they both have an agenda, keep you afraid, keep you under control, and in Kenny's case, justifies flip-flop.
I think by far the worst was this one, though. That same Dina Hinshaw, the one who announced that she's going to mark anyone sick at home as having COVID, no matter what. She said that a 14-year-old child had died from COVID. Shocking. It would be very rare if it were true. Kids are at an extremely low risk from all of this. But she said it. A 14-year-old had died from COVID. Except, as you can see, that 14-year-old's family was shocked and outraged by the lie that their child was being turned into a partisan political weapon. He died of brain cancer. Three days, three lies, all in the same direction. All the lies with the same purpose. That's not a coincidence. The government's in full damage control mode. So they've launched a special propaganda campaign to try to shore up their reputation. I think it's too late for that. But they've started having experts make little videos. I think the whole expert class has lost huge amounts of credibility during the pandemic. But here, watch this video by a doctor who says that rumors about vaccines hurting your fertility are fake news. This is from a government tweet. Take a look at the video. So when you when you weigh the potential risks of actually getting COVID-19 infection against the the non-existing, not supported by any evidence, sort of misinformation saying that the vaccine could cause male infertility, there really is no reason to to, you know, to pause and wonder about this. It, it is just go ahead and get the vaccine. It's as simple as that. Now, someone might say, how do you know, doctor? It's one thing to say there is no evidence that the vaccine positively causes fertility problems, but it's another thing to say that there is evidence positively that it does not cause problems. The reason is these vaccines have only been out for about a year. The FDA, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, has ordered vaccine makers like Pfizer to continue testing their vaccines into the year 2027. Six more years of clinical trials because we don't know all the things these drugs do. Six more years. That's normally how drugs are done. They're not rushed like this. So it may be true that there is not yet any evidence that these vaccines hurt fertility. And maybe no evidence will ever come out. But it is equally true that the evidence is not yet in, in full. And I would think that the onus is on the government that's trying to force you to get vaxxed to prove something is harmless. You don't have to prove that it is harmful. How would you know? It's only been out a few months. But let's take it for what it is. This doctor says there is not yet, and may never be, any proof that vaccines harm your fertility. All right, you heard him. You heard him. That's what he said. He used that word fertility, a nine-letter word, four syllables, fertility. You can say it in about one and a half seconds. So that's what the doctor said. You saw the video. But look at what the Alberta Health Department actually tweeted. Look at the words they use. They said, when you weigh the potential risks of getting COVID-19 against the non-existing, not supported by any evidence misinformation, open bracket, about the vaccine, close bracket, there really is no reason to pause and wonder about this, says Dr. Jack Payne. Go ahead and get the vaccine. It's as simple as that. Did you see the difference? Did you catch it? Dr. Payne said, you heard it with your own ears, the whole non-existing, not supported by any evidence misinformation thing was about fertility. That's what he said. You heard him. Not about the vaccine in general. We know the vaccine does have side effects. We know it can cause myocarditis, especially in young men, at a disturbing rank, frankly, enough that it's been banned from young men in several countries. According to some studies, it's six times more likely that the vaccine would put a young man in the hospital than the virus itself. 
So we know you can't say that there's no evidence that vaccines can harm you. They can. No one would be foolish enough to say that about any vaccine, certainly not Jack Payne. He just said that there's no evidence that it causes infertility. You heard him, but the government edited his words to replace them. That's what those square brackets are. They literally put in their own words to replace his words because he didn't lie like they wanted him to lie. They replaced the word fertility, which you heard, with their own words about the vaccine. It's not shorter, it's not plainer, it didn't clarify or simplify as edits should do. It literally changed the entire meaning of the doctor's own statement. Fake news, misinformation, it's another lie. By my count, that's four lies in a row. They're lying because the truth is atrocious. But more to the point, they're lying because it works. I mean, come on, how many journalists in the mainstream media would even report the truth and expose these lies? I mean, do you think the CBC reporters who filmed the mannequins are gonna tell the truth about this one? Stay with us for more. when Sheila Gunn-Reed and I and many of our talent around the country hosted an election night live stream. It's become a bit of a uh, regular event here at Rebel News. Now tonight are the Alberta municipal elections, including an election that the Alberta government is holding for the federal Senate seats in that province. That's going to be very interesting. However futile it may be, we all know that Justin Trudeau would never respect those results. There's also a referendum on equalization. So interesting things happening tonight in Alberta. I don't know uh, if it rises to the level of a live stream because most of the races are very local. But when we did our election night live stream uh, a couple months ago, a lot of people tuned in. In fact, we were just a uh, we, we were not far off of CBC's own viewership. So many people tuned in to watch us. Well, the thing is, most of the political parties did not have a standard victory party. Of course, the party leaders normally have that in their own home riding. It's when their friends and their family and their campaign volunteers greet and get together to celebrate or to mourn. But because of COVID rules, most of the parties didn't do that, except... Maxime Bernier and the People's Party. Now, he didn't meet in his home riding of Beauce, Quebec. Rather, and I thought it was interesting, he chose Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which actually makes sense because the PPC did so well in the prairies. Here's a glimpse of that night in Saskatoon. It was sort of fun to see it. Take a look. While the PPC was enjoying their election night, and while viewers around the country were tuning in, the police were getting complaints, so they say, from members of the public that people at that Maxime Bernier PPC event were not wearing masks. And my God, I can't think of a more capital offense than that. And so, more than a month later, look at this tweet from the Saskatoon Police Department. They had been scouring the internet for pictures, trying to find out 
who was there that wasn't wearing a mask? And they actually put out a call to the public to help identify these mask criminals. Normally, criminals are masked, but for the Saskatoon police, they were unmasked. They called for help. They put up a list of 15 people. Now, they've since found some of them and taken them down, but I think they might be putting up others. They boasted that they've spent more than 100 hours on this case. And curiously, they say that these people have violated the law. Now, normally police don't make that determination. Normally that's for the judges to do. The police make an accusation in court, and then it's argued about in a trial, and then only then does the judge determine whether or not the law has been violated and these are criminals. For some reason, the Saskatoon police wanted to put it in a different order. They announced in advance that these people were guilty before they even found out if they had a mask exemption, if they were perhaps eating or drinking, if they were compliant in some way. Joining us now to talk about this is the newest Rebel reporter, our friend Kelly Lamb, who joins us now via Skype. Kelly, I love the videos you're doing for us from Saskatchewan. There's a lot of news there, including this news. I'm not proud of this news. I think it's an embarrassment to Saskatoon police. Every day, Ezra, I'm watching things go down in this province that I did not see coming. I, I always thought this was one of the safer and more sane places to be during this whole pandemic uh, and the response to it. But it doesn't appear to be that we are safe from anything anymore. Uh, this is only one of many examples of things that I'm really quite uh, just amazed by. Um, definitely not proud of it as a Saskatchewan resident. Uh, this is this is sort of an example, I think, of, of there's a lot of hypocrisy, we'll put it that way. We've seen examples across the country and across the world of hypocrisy with all kinds of politicians and bureaucrats. Those making the most fear-based policies are showing that they're not too afraid or they don't worry too much about the repercussions because there really aren't any. Nobody's losing an income, nobody's getting in any trouble, things just move on, they get a slap on the wrist, some people yell at them on Twitter and they move along. Meanwhile, certain political parties, certain people, it almost seems are just being watched so carefully carefully as though maybe they're making an example of them but I, I maybe I'm surmising this here but it's what it seems this, like this feels very punitive and I want to give you an example here is a video that the Conservative Party of Canada uploaded to the internet on their own they were proud of it this is a rally in Saskatoon during the election no masks not a mask in sight and by the way I think that's great I think that's fine we don't see the Saskatoon police calling for help us identify these people only for the PPC here take a look at this video and it's time for a government in Ottawa that respects Western Canada let's get to work thank you so I think part of the respect for the law that ordinary people have is the assumption or the knowledge or the history that laws are applied equally, whether you're popular or unpopular, rich or poor, powerful or weak, we're all the same before the law. That's why the statue of Lady Justice is, bl is blindfolded. So she's not judging you on irrelevant criteria. But here we have a controlled experiment. Two parties, same election, everything the same other than one's PPC and one's CPC. And the Sask Saskatoon police are going nuts against Maxime Bernier's party, but ignore O'Toole's. I don't know how anyone could think that's not partisan policing. 
That's just it. And I'm in full disclosure, I'm not involved with the PPC anymore, although I did run in 2019 for that election. So I have a firsthand understanding of what happened to the PPC when it comes to mainstream media, the amount of hit pieces of even just little old me here in Saskatchewan, it was just amazing. And sort of the accusations, they would take one picture that Max had taken with someone out of thousands in a week, and they would assume that was the whole um, party's sort of impetus was racism or whatever it is. Uh, they didn't talk about the platforms. They certainly didn't talk about our extremely diverse panel of candidates uh, and members and volunteers. So I know I've seen that with both the police as well as with media and sort of just the general social uh, view of it. It seems like the, the PPC has been demonized by a lot of people, we'll put it that way. And I definitely see, um, you know, a lot, the CPC isn't loved by the media either, but there's no comparison that they've kind of labeled the PPC as, quote, far right, et cetera. And therefore, um, they've, they've decided that they're going to make the public feel a certain way about them. And so when it comes to the police diving in, though, I mean, you, you would hope justice would be blind. Theoretically, it should be. But here we are seeing examples of what seems to be just um, the demonizing of one sort of group of people or one party. And of course, we have them demonizing certain businesses. And that's a whole other story. Anybody with a certain um, narrative. And of course, Maxim has been extremely uh, against all of these mandates dates and a lot of the issues that we see when it comes to government overreach. And I'm not remotely surprised that they're trying to make an example of someone like him because they certainly wouldn't want everybody to be that emboldened. So um, this this seems to me to be a double standard. I'd love to hear arguments against it, but I can't see how this isn't a double standard. Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough when the media is biased and when they have a double standard. But at the end of the day, they're just people with an opinion and you don't have to accept their opinion. You don't have to follow. You don't have to listen to them. I think one of the reasons why fewer and fewer people trust the media is because of their bias. I mean, who cares at the end of the day what the CBC says? But it's different with police because police wield the power of the state that they take an oath to do so neutrally and without bias. And if this were a one-off, that would be one thing, but this comes on the heels of Maxime Bernier being arrested in Manitoba, put in the back of a police vehicle, taken to jail, held, and told that the premier of the province says he's gonna be fined. I mean, we don't normally have policing that's done at the behest of a, a politician. And I gotta tell you, Kelly, arrested in Manitoba, his supporters hunted in Saskatoon by police. If this were happening in Russia, people would be saying Putin is targeting his political opponents again. Let's raise it at the UN. But it's happening in Canada and we're somehow, that's fine. I mean, it really is police state stuff. That's what I think is is the most difficult to wrap my head around, Ezra, is people are okay with this. A lot of people are okay with this, or they're just not thinking about it. Perhaps they've just been so comfortable here in our seemingly peaceful, wonderful, nice, polite country, and they don't think it can happen here. I've been really questioning lately why it is that Canadians don't believe that we could have any kind of authoritarian rule here. Is it an arrogance? Do we think we're better than other countries across the span of history across the world? Do we 
somehow believe human nature doesn't apply here? Do we believe there's no such thing as power trips or ego in Canada? Is it an arrogance of that proportion? I don't really understand because if you saw this, like you said, anywhere else, we would be questioning it. And I've heard stories of people traveling to places that have extremely corrupt justice systems. You're paying off the cops, that kind of thing. I feel like we're not really all that much better at this point. And with the emergency acts and everything put into place, we're seeing all kinds of examples, uh, again, across the country of uh, police officers, in my opinion, really pushing way too far, going way too hard. There's bullies that are just enjoying this way too much. And I can really see that reflected in this situation. It's like a bully mentality. We're mad at someone, we're going to get them. And we're not going to, going to necessarily be fair about it. And whether people like it or not um, is irrelevant. But unfortunately, there's not enough of a pushback. There's only some people that are saying this is wrong. Um, others are saying no big deal. I don't agree with him either. Therefore, um, no problem, which is really scary. No one's going to be safe if this is the way that this keeps going. It doesn't matter how much you comply or how much you think you agree with the beautiful benevolent government. It's going to eventually be bad for everybody. It's not a positive thing. It's not a partisan thing. It doesn't matter if you despise the PPC, if you don't like Maxim, if you disagree, that's not the point. And I don't think people are, are being um, aware enough to the potential of where this could lead. Yeah, I, I'm worried because I think in the last 18 months, a lot of the civil liberties respecting police have either left the force, been reassigned, and those that are left, well, I think a lot of them are about to be sacked with the vaccine mandate. So I think you're getting a, a more and more distilled police force, people who are comfortable with this uh, elbows up style of policing, people who are comfortable being political cops. Nothing we've, we've talked about in the last 18 months has been a crime. It's all a political crime. And now an actual political meeting. I'm really worried, Kelly, but I'm extra grateful that you're on the ground there in Saskatchewan to help cover these stories. I look forward to, to talking to you in the, in the months ahead and thanks for your great work so far. My pleasure, my pleasure. There's no shortage of news here. So I've got lots of stuff that'll be coming out. Stay tuned. Well, thank you very much for There you have it, Kelly Lamb, our newest rebel, joining us via Skype from Saskatchewan. Stay with us, more ahead. Welcome back. I'm sorry I had a cold on Thursday and Friday. I couldn't come in. I took a COVID test and I was negative on the COVID test and I made a joke that it was a pregnancy test because I thought maybe I was pregnant or something. But no, I'm fine. I just had the sniffles. I'm pretty much over it now, but I'm back at work. Um, special thanks to my friends who pitched in for me when I was away. Uh, tomorrow we will have Sheila Gunn read on to talk about the Alberta elections. Um, it's frustrating. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. Alberta was having Senate elections, and you know, it's true that Stephen Harper did appoint some of those winners, but Trudeau won't. Feels like the same battles are being held generation after generation, and Alberta still gets treated as um, a source of cash, you know, the goose that lays the golden egg for the rest of the country, but treated with no disrespect, with no respect. It makes me upset uh, to see it. Uh, I think Justin Trudeau hates the West even more than his father did. Um, that's the show for today, but as you know, we like to end with what we call the video of the day. And this one is one of the best videos I've seen in a long time. It was started with an almost impossible coincidence. Avi Amini, our Melbourne-based uh, chief Australia correspondent, was walking in a park on the way to a protest. At the same time, a, a woman who was sitting on a park bench 
was arrested and smashed into the ground by, when I first counted, seven cops. She saw him and she called out, Avi, help! She recognized him and she knew he was really the only person she could call for help. I mean, when you are being attacked by police, you can't call police. The police are the problem. Avi heard this lady, went to help, and the rest, well, I'll show you the video. It's incredible and only rebel news could do this, and Avi does a wonderful job. So I'll say goodbye to you now. And as I always say, keep fighting for freedom. And we'll see you tomorrow. But here, enjoy one of the best rebel videos in terms of telling the other side of the story, getting to the facts of things, standing up to bullies, and then fighting back. This video made me feel great. Terrible, but then great. All right, good night. Take a look. So you're abusing your power. You're kicking a woman out from her own neighborhood park because you think you have some sort of authority that you don't hold. We're going to fight a fine. We will win a fine. But who are you? What's your badge number? 389895. You can't do that to locals. She's a local. You just can't do that. You don't have the authority. We're just walking around the park, we just live around the corner. Walking around the park and then we decided to take a seat, have some tea. Help! Help! Help me! Basically when they asked her for her details, she didn't give them. And then basically, you know, what they did was they pulled her to the ground and I took on my phone, started filming it. They pushed me away saying I need to clear the area. Instinct said I've got to protect my partner, so... We went together. We you, you were just sitting here. They just came and sat with yeah. us and they were just walking in the park and then the lady didn't want to give her details so they all jumped on her so I don't know. They asked them what are you doing? I said well we're drinking, we're going to be exercising but we're, they're sitting down to drink tea. Goes, they said but you're not exercising. She goes no we're having tea now. Are the, are the cops still talking to her? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you, once you gave them your details, I let you go. Yeah, they said. Yeah, I mean, I might get a, you might get a summons for, yeah, I mean, hindering the police. Just come to sit down and like we're like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So you witnessed what actually happened, and they were just sitting here. We were talking to them. We just met them. The lady said we normally run jog at night, but we can't do it anymore at night. So we exercise during the day now. And that was it. And then I don't know what happened because I was talking to my daughter, and all of a sudden. They grabbed her and they chucked her on the floor. There you are. How are you doing? So, are you all right? No, I've got a penalty. What was the penalty for? Sorry, do you mind if I look at it? So it says, uh, failed to comply, stay at home direction. But you live here. I live just around the corner. Okay, so what we're going to do for you, right? It, you, you live across the road. You're in your 15 case. Oh, definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah. So this is our area. Oh, this is where we come to exercise yeah. almost every day. We, we came here to cover a protest, but what, what we're going to do is we'll help you. I'll give you my details. We'll take you on. We'll get you the lawyer. We'll we'll fight this and and we'll beat this because there's no way that they can get you on um, failing to comply to stay at home direction. Okay, we'll get you a lawyer. Don't 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 worry. We're, we're gonna. I don't know if you've seen. We do a fight the fines campaign. I know here. your face, Ivy. <laughs> We, we, we'll crowdfund it. People will support you at fightthefines.com.au. We'll, we'll raise it. We'll fight this. I'll give you my number in a second off camera. I was just sitting there drinking my tea. We'd gone out for a walk, sat down, have a break. So I was huffing and puffing because, like most of us these days, not fit anymore. So um, sat down to have some tea, and then the police came by to ask 
for address and name and asked whether I was obliged to answer and they said you have to you know next thing before I know it I'm being told that if I don't consent then I'm going to be arrested it was quite a violent arrest they, they, they slammed well, you to the ground it, yeah. I've been told that I've been treated very um, mildly actually they broke my very expensive jade bracelet that was a gift from my mother-in-law I'm sorry I'm confident to tell you that we're going to fight and I find it hard to believe that we don't win it but when they come up to you if they suspect you and they have grounds to suspect you for breaching anything mm -hmm. not just the health orders you can ask them on what grounds do you believe I sus you're suspecting mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm breaching it now this is not I'm not giving you legal advice I'm not a lawyer but I'm just mm -hmm. the basis is and, and that's what I are you guys married yeah so I t that's what I told your husband if they have grounds to suspect you then you do need to give your personal details mm -hmm. you have to give that otherwise that's the charge we've had a lot of people come in with fines but the charge that they end up getting we, we get the fines taken care of but the fine that they technically really did commit even though they never committed the offence in the first place was uh, the fact that they refused to give their details mm. when when you're sus suspected of committing mm. offence you have to mm. alright but we're going to take care of this don't worry we see you've been through a pretty horrible little situation but we'll try and make it a little bit better alright it's not it's not it's not honestly it's the viewers that are going to make that happen and i think we just happen to be in the right place at the right time to be able to capture what happened to you guys text me don't don't be shy like I'm, i i need to get the lawyer straight on it um and you're not going to be alone in this one what, what happened to you is absolutely ridiculous that that was that's what we're seeing across victoria people getting caught up in these things and it was an overreach overstep and a like an abuse of power and how many cops were on you to take down someone smaller than me just to put this into perspective i'm a midget i'm gonna get you here they told me the reasonable grounds of suspect was that i was not wearing a face mask hey girl you were given a direction before you need yes, to move on, so you need I'm to go leaving. now, okay? Yeah. I found Thank my you. husband. Yep, yeah. so we need to move on. Thanks. Yeah. Have a chat over here. Okay, can I ask something, officer? If no, she lives in the area, she's not. why is she not allowed to be here? I'm not answering questions. She understands what's happening. What, why have you been told you have to move on? Can I understand that? Because um, that's a bit more... She has to move on now. She's already been given an infringement, okay? I've got the infringement. We're taking care of that for her, but we want to understand why she's been... It's been explained to her. We're not going to can, can I understand? Because a lawyer would like to know. We're, we're taking this fight on for her and would like to know why she's been given... She lives in the area, so she's legally allowed here. We're not going to discuss that with you. She's been given her direction. She knows... What, what direction has she been given? What direction? She doesn't know. She doesn't understand. So you're abusing your power. You're kicking a woman out from her own neighbourhood park because you think you have some sort of authority that you don't hold. We're going to fight a fine. We will win a fine. But who are you? What's your badge number? 389895. You can't do that to locals. She's a local. You just can't do that. You don't have the authority. So what is the move on order for? We have provided her a lawyer. I would like that information for her lawyer. What is the move on order that you're you're now giving to her? You're not answering my questions. All right, so it's up to you. Listen, you, it's up to you, but whatever happens, we've got your back. You know that if you're complying by the health orders, we've got your back and there is no reason that anyone can give you a direction otherwise. Do you understand that? I'm not telling you what to do, I'm just saying I'm getting frustrated because I get outraged when I see them abuse their power like that. Alright guys, you alright? No worries. But we got that, I, I've given you my number. Yeah, I'll text you later. No worries. Nice to meet you. No, no worries. I'm, I hope you're all right. All right? There you have it, guys. And if you want to help this fight, fightthefines.com.au. Listen, I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. It is 
outrageous that police in Victoria think in 2021 under these ridiculous emergency powers, think they can tackle little women sitting on park benches. You've seen it. Tackle her to the ground, issue her an infringement, and then kick her out of her local park. But we're going to fight for her, fightthefines.com.au. We're going to take care of it. With your help, thank you guys at home. We can only do this with your support. Fightthefines.com.au. Being a rebel means that when you see something, you actually stand up and say something no matter what. And when you see absolute thuggery on our streets in the name of health, you have to step in. But none of this is possible without your help. I wouldn't be as confident to confront the police about their abuse of power and their overreach and their thuggery, if not for you guys at home, if not for the fact that you've helped me go to court and fight my ones, and also give me the power to help her. So if you want to help out, fightthefines.com.au, give what you can, we'll fight for her, and um, we'll make sure police know they can't get away with this.